Welcome to the Keisha Wright Show, a weekly faith-based podcast for sisters, where we talk about everything concerning women. You name it, we'll cover it. There's no issue or topic off limits to God. And on this podcast, we'll expand the conversations. I'm your host and humble servant, Keisha Wright, licensed mental health therapist in the state of Maryland and transformation coach. As a therapist, it is my responsibility to advise you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for services from your very own mental health professional. Hello, 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 everyone. How are you today? I hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are in good spirits today. I want to start this this episode by asking you simply, how are you doing? This was the topic of my very first episode. And if you haven't had the opportunity to listen to that particular episode, I strongly encourage you to do so. From time to time, I will start the, the episodes off with that question. And you might say, why do you do that? I'm asking you, how are you doing? It's because that is something that we don't consider enough as women. We're just so used to, to doing and doing and doing and doing that sometimes we burn ourselves out. So three questions I want to ask you, and I want you to be honest with yourself as you answer them. Number one, are you filling someone else's tank and yours is on empty? Number two, are you providing oxygen to someone when you don't have oxygen or you're running low on oxygen yourself? Number three, are you filling someone else's cup up when your cup is empty? They're really the same questions, but sometimes people relate to different wording. Um, So I wanted to give it to you in three different ways for you to evaluate how you're doing today. I want to strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to do regular check-ins with yourself to make sure that you are okay. So having said that, I'm going to move right into what today's episode is about. The topic is self-acceptance. Who am I? Where am I? And I had a difficult time trying to figure out what the topic would be, um, and I decided to go with this one, because all too often, we do not accept ourselves for where and what and who we are at this current time in our lives. And I think that this this topic is going to be good and follow up to last week's topic, where we talked about age not being a factor to just make the change, because it's going to go a little bit deeper into how, how, well, into identifying how you feel about you at this present time in your life. So I'm going to start by just saying that whatever change you have decided to make in your life, it's important that you know some things about yourself. I I mentioned who, what, and where you are. Where are you currently? Who am I? Where am I? In order to exercise, effectual and sustainable change, you have to have a baseline. You have to have a baseline of where you are. 
Once you can identify where you are, then you can decide what the necessary steps are to get you to where you want to go. So for some of us, this is not easy. This is a problem. And it's a problem because we don't want to, we don't want to look at ourselves and we don't want to deal with those things that make us uncomfortable or those things about us that we aren't necessarily proud of. And so what we tend to do is we look at the end goal and we, we start focusing on what the end goal is to the degree that we pretend like we have already arrived or we have already reached that certain place when a lot of times that's not the truth. And I'm trying to be careful of what I say and how I say it because I don't want to sound like I'm being um, condemning or judgmental or unkind. But if I, if, I, if I said it in blunt terms, I would just say some of us are faking. Some of us are faking um, where we are in our lives. You know, we don't we we don't acknowledge the our true baseline. We focus on what the end result is. We pretend that we have arrived at what this end result is, and we miss all of the necessary steps in the process, so that when we finally do arrive at this particular goal, it's sustainable. And so when we take the fake the fake me out route, it's it's not it's not sustainable. It's it's unstable. One minute we're there, the next minute we're not. We're wavering in it. And it's all because we didn't go through the the, the necessary steps that would allow us to build confidence, that will allow us to solidify our behaviors, our thoughts, our emotions and all of the things that are important for us to get to this particular to particular place and be able to maintain it. And so I'm going to talk more about self-acceptance and how important it is to accept who we are right now, where we are right now, what we are right now. And I'm not saying accept it from a perspective that this is our last stop and this is it and who I am is who I am. And everybody just has to deal with it. No, not at all. What I am saying is we accept some things about us in order to affect the change that we want to to have in our lives. And so, you know, I'm thinking about it. And I know even when I've had some conversations with with some of my with some of my sisters, my my Christian sisters, you know, we we sometimes super spiritualize things in our lives. So if we're having a conversation and somebody says um, something that may be perceived as, as negative about themselves, someone else would say something like, you have to believe what God says about you or um, it, what God says is what it is and I believe it. And all of those things are true. I'm telling you, I, I sincerely and wholeheartedly believe those cliche statements But my question to you is, do you use those cliche statements to bypass the hard work that is sometimes necessary? And and by that, I mean, do you use those cliches to, to redirect your focus from where you currently are in your life 
to, to where you pretend that you are so that you don't have to deal with that stuff and stuff and stuff that God may be requiring us to deal with. And so having said all of that, it reminds me of a statement that I sometimes say to my clients. You know, I say, you know what? It's good to know the truth in whatever the situation. It's good to know the truth, but it's even better when you can accept it. And when you think about it, you would think that knowing the truth is accepting it, but I'm telling you it's not. We can know the truth and not really accept it. So what good is it to know the truth and not accept it? What good is it to know the truth? And I'm going to say the ultimate truth, which is the word of God and not accept it. You know, when we know it and we don't really truly accept it and begin to live by it, we can't access all of the benefits that the truth was meant to provide for us. And it's the same way with us in our personal lives. If we know some truths about ourselves and we don't accept the truth, how then can we change? If we know some truths about ourselves, but we refuse to accept it, how can we change that area of our lives? And so in keeping with what I did last week, and I think this is kind of going to be the format of subsequent episodes, you know, because I'm still trying to figure this out and find my way through being a podcaster. I'm going to give you some questions that I want you to ponder, you know, as it relates to self-acceptance, how you feel about yourself, the things that you know about yourself and the things that you are choosing to accept as the truth or discard. And so question number one, this is a this this one is a standalone question. And then I'm going to give you eight questions that I want you to ponder. So this is the standalone question. How can you change things about you that you are not willing to own? How can you change things about you that you're not willing to own. So in order for me to have increased faith, and I'm putting that out there and being transparent because that is an issue for me. In order for me to have increased faith, I have to first acknowledge that that is an area that I struggle in. And the struggle is real for me. And, it, and, it, and the struggle is such that if I'm not careful, I could find myself wavering more than what is good for me. And, and, and that will send me to another whole kind of challenge in my life. I'm just being honest. And this and, and I'm this way because of some of the things that I have experienced in my life. Some of the disappointments where people have let me down, where some people closest to me have hurt me the most. And, and, and oftentimes it's difficult not to see the Lord in the same way as we see some people. And listen, this is some hard stuff to admit. I'm just being honest. Like, so if we're used to having people disappoint, disappoint us at the moment that we feel like God did not do something that we wanted him to do, it triggers us right back to those feelings that we have for people. And in my case, I have to say, hold, hold, hold up, Keisha. This is the Lord that you're talking about. 
He knows what's best for you. And, and just because things didn't go your way, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care for you. It doesn't mean that he is um, not still all knowing. It doesn't mean anything other than it just didn't play out how you wanted it to play out. But because I've had so many other disappointing things in my life, sometimes I get a little confused and my faith begins to waver until I have those conversations with myself or go to someone that I know is a, is a, is a giant in the area of faith. You see how that works? So if I didn't, if I was not able to admit to myself or if I continued or if I pretended, you know how we can pretend to be um, solid in some areas of our Christian walk and when we really know that we, we aren't, how could I get better? How could I build my faith if I'm not willing to say, hey, all you have right now is mustard seed faith. And I thank God for mustard seed faith. I thank God that God says if we have faith the size of a mustard seed. But how many of us know that with some of the things that we have going on in our lives, we have to grow our faith. And that is not condemnation against me for where I am in my faith walk or anyone else. All I am relaying to you is an example of how being able to admit and accept certain things of our lives puts us in a better position to then grow and increase in those particular areas. So having said that, I want to give you eight questions for you to consider. And these questions are meant for you to evaluate your self-acceptance. These questions are meant for you to think about whether or not you are willing to accept the areas in your life that may need change or to have you consider, do you need to do an evaluation of whether you whether or not you even accept these, these truths that you know about yourself? And I'm going to go a little bit deeper and take you on, you know, hit that from a different angle, but just give me a few minutes to get through these questions. So question number one, and the responses for these questions are simply yes or no. Um, when I was asking myself the questions, I found myself wanting to qualify and justify things because a simple yes or no is very intimidating sometimes because you are you are admitting to some things and you're not trying to explain it away in a in a in a in an answer where we're able to expound a little bit. So all I want you to do is answer yes or no. Okay, question one. Do you have qualities that you know are not pleasing to God and you have not been able to change? Do you have qualities that you know are not pleasing to God and yet you have not been able to change? So in my transparency, my answer to that question is yes. Number two, do you have difficulty acknowledging and talking about your failures, your weaknesses and your negative traits? You know, have you ever met a person that just cannot own up to any of their stuff? They just can't own anything. Everything that happens to them, and you can look and see that clearly these what they're experiencing is as a result of their own choices, and they cannot say, I messed up. I made a mistake. Have you ever met a person like that? Or is that you? So my answer to that question is no, that's not me. So the question is, do you have difficulty acknowledging and talking about your failures, 
weaknesses and negative traits. No, I do not have difficulty with that. I am willing to share. I probably overshare sometimes. Like I am so sick and tired of putting on the facade and pretending I just can't do it anymore. I just can't. So if I mess up, I mess up. And I'm willing to tell the world, look, I messed up. I'm willing to share my experiences, especially if I feel like it's going to help someone else. So that is no longer a hang up for me. I have plenty of hang ups, but that is no longer one. Number three, do you routinely compare yourself to others? Yes. Now, you know, it is taking every ounce of my strength not to explain that because it's, I mean, gosh, that's a very vulnerable question. And to just have to answer it honestly makes me a little bit, eh, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. But my answer is, yes, I routinely compare myself to others. Yes, yes, yes. I'm being honest. Help me, Jesus. Yes, help me to stop comparing myself to others. Number four, do you measure your worth and success against others? Again, I want to justify, qualify, explain so that I don't seem like I don't have it all cranked up. But in honesty, yes. Yes, I do measure my worth and success against others. Yes. It's difficult looking at women doing what you know that you've been called to do and they got it going on and you still scratching at the surface and your stuff isn't working and you get to feeling defeated. And yes, oh, I'm not supposed to qualify or justify. Um, but yes, okay, so yes, 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 yes. I have to own that. Number five, do you secretly want to be someone else or have someone else's life? My answer to that question is no. No, I do not secretly want to be someone else or have anyone else's life. I'm good in that area. Number six, are you very critical of yourself? My answer to that question is yes, I am critical of myself. I'm doing better, but yes. Okay, no qualifying, no justifying. Yes, I am critical of myself. Number seven, are you unsure of your identity? My answer to that question is no. I am not unsure of my identity. I am, I'm good in that area. I know who I am. But that has taken some time. I'm telling you, that has taken some time and some work. So my answer to number seven, I am not unsure of my identity. And number eight, do you have to always adjust yourself to fit in? My answer to that is no. I no longer do that. I Listen, oh, I'm okay. I'm gonna qualify it a little bit. I'm just expounding a little bit. My answer is no. That's my cut and dry answer. No, I do not adjust myself to fit in. I'm telling you, I, I'm at the stage and age in my life now where what you see is what you get. And I, I don't need, I just don't feel the need to adjust myself as I did at other times in my life to fit in. So if you answered yes to any of these questions, you may need to consider whether or not you truly accept yourself for who and what and where you are at this time in your life. And I want to reiterate, it is important 
that you know and accept where you are in order to map out the steps or follow the steps that God has for you, for you to reach your end goal, your destination. In other words, to make the changes that you need to make. You know, how can you change what you do not accept? Okay, so these questions are, me are meant to really make you think and I encourage you to be honest with yourself and how you really feel about you. So I understand that this is difficult, especially at our age. And I'm, I am primarily talking to women that have hit that 40, 45, 50 and above age. And, you know, just by me saying that age, if you are younger, don't stop listening to this episode because this information is for you too. But I'm just targeting the, the age group that God gave me to pay closer attention to. And that's the age group that I fall within. Um, 40, 45, 50. I'm 52, 50 on up. 60, 70, 80. You know, because we still have issues even as we get older. So just like I said last week, age is not a factor. Age is not a factor. Even for some of us who are, you know, in our 50s and 60s, we still have some of the same insecurities and some of the same issues that we were dealing with back in our childhood simply because we have not accepted that we have these issues and therefore we have, we have not appropriately dealt with them. So another reason why sometimes, you know, we don't want to deal with stuff is because I mentioned it's our age. We just, it's just easier not to. It's just easier to just leave it alone. Let that sleeping dog lay, girl. Don't even bring it up. I have moved on with my life. I'm not dealing with it. That part of me is, is dead and buried. But for some of us, God is nudging us to do something. And you're like, oh my God. Like, no. You know, if me doing this means I have to deal with that, I have to look at that part of me. I have to accept this part of me, Lord. I don't want to do it. And some of us are in that space. We don't want to do it because we have to pay attention or identify, recognize, accept some areas of our lives that we just don't like to, to deal with. So for some of us, it's our age. That's a reason why we don't want to um, deal with these issues that about ourselves. And for others, it's just easier to leave it alone. But I'm telling you, not accepting ourselves for who, what, and where we are in our lives preclude us from making effectual and sustainable changes in our lives. So it is imperative. It is imperative for those of us that God is moving in whatever direction and you seem like you're stagnant and you're, you're, you're not gaining traction. It could be because there are some things about you that you are not paying attention to. It could be because some, there are some things about you that you need to deal with. And a lot of these things you know about, some of them you don't know about, but because they are uncomfortable, you're refusing to deal with it and therefore you're stagnant. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, self-acceptance and how we view ourselves, it's important that we not only know, but that we accept. It's not only important that we know what these things are, it's important that we accept these things because once we accept them, we can start making the moves to change them. So let me be clear though. 
And this is where we take a kind of a different turn. Self, self-acceptance and how we view ourselves is not based on well, what I'm talking about. It's not based solely on what we know and accept about ourselves. It's based on what God shows us about ourselves. Let me say that again. The self-acceptance that I am talking about in this particular episode is is not based on what we know and accept about ourselves. It's based on what God shows us about ourselves. And so let me just um, clarify what I'm saying. So for for some of us, and I'm talking about me primarily, you know, I've had some trauma. I've had some things that I've gone through in my life. And as a result of these things, I view myself in, in, in a distorted way sometimes. You know, I've put my work in, I've gone to therapy, I have coaches. So I, I have grown a lot. But if I'm not careful, those distorted thoughts, they arise. They wake up. When I certain triggers happen, you know, that, oh, nothing ever goes right for me. Or, you know, I, I'm not good enough to do this. Or I, or I need to get another degree. No one's going to accept that I'm out here trying to teach your word and, you know, like I'm telling you, all of that stuff shows up on me sometimes. And those are distorted thoughts based on lies that I have accepted as truth in my life. And I have to constantly remind myself that those thoughts are distortions. So that's why I say it's important for you to know that the self-acceptance that I am talking about in this particular episode is not based on what we know and accept about ourselves is based on what God shows us about ourselves. So let me go a little further. Let me start by giving you the definition that God gave me for this self-acceptance that I'm talking about. And so it's defined as recognizing and believing that what God reveals to us about us is the truth. It's recognizing and believing that what God reveals to us about us, it's the truth. Some of us, God has spoken to us about ourselves and we don't believe it or we just ignore it and continue to wear our masks and pretend. So this can include your physical, your physical um, health, your physical body. It, It can include your mental attributes, personality traits, your emotionality, even your relationship with him. He's told us some things that we need to do to to improve upon our relationship with him. It could be our spiritual walk. For some of us, he's told us we need to stop some things. We need to stop doing some things. We've heard it and we're still not listening. We're not willing to accept the truth that he reveals to us about us. And therefore we find ourselves in in places um, of stagnancy. So wherever you are in your life, whether it makes you ashamed or proud, when God reveals it to you, sisters, are you willing to accept it as your truth? Are you willing to accept what God reveals to you? Not what what your sister said, well, you know, it could be through someone else. God may use someone else to speak this word to you. So let me not say that. When, When you have heard from God, When he reveals you to you, are you willing to accept it as your truth? That's the self-acceptance that I'm I'm talking about. And so let let me make it, um, let me support it with scripture. 
I'm looking at Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. In this scripture, David wanted God to search him and to try him so that he could discover some things about himself. So this request was not about, you know, God searching us so that God would know, because don't forget he's omniscient. He knows us. He knows every single thing that there is to know about us. So him searching us is not for him. It's not for God. It's for us. It's to discover ourselves. It's for him to reveal some things in us, you know, and so that we can recognize and accept these things as true. So when I, when I was thinking about this, it reminds me of a strip search, right? So when the police strip searches someone, they're looking for, they're not looking for, um, you know, things that are visible. They are looking for things that people conceal, right? So strip searches, when they have to strip you down, they're, they're looking for some things that you may have stuffed up into your cavities or, um, you know, placed in, in places that are not visible when you have your clothes on. So they strip you down to make sure that you're not hiding any contraband. Um, you're not hiding any kind of weapons, drugs, or whatever have you. Let me tell you something. It is the same way with God. When David says, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Like how many of us are really open to God searching us and knowing our hearts? I mean, it's some stuff up in there. He already knows. And then he said, try me. Like try me and know my thoughts. I mean, just me sitting and reflecting upon that. God knowing my thoughts. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> That that's something that's a little bit scary. God knowing my thoughts. So it's the same thing with God, just like the police strip searches someone to find concealed weapons or um, drugs or things of that nature. When God searches us, he is looking to reveal to us some concealed items, things that we have ignored for so long. They, they are now concealed. So he's strip searching us. To, to um, he's strip searching us to reveal concealed items like pride, unforgiveness, jealousy, idolatry, hatred, self-loathing, distorted thoughts. And if I am honest with myself, I am telling you, sisters, I have had to work through every last thing that I mentioned, pride, unforgiveness, jealousy, idolatry, hatred, um, of others, well, not so much that, or at least I say I don't, but I don't know. I, maybe not hatred. Mm, I don't know. Um, Self-loathing where I just don't have any appreciation for myself. Like I have, I have had to deal with all of that distorted thoughts. I'm just being honest. When, when he reveals, he reveals, he'll uncover all of that stuff. And so um, I just want to reiterate his strip search is not for him because he already knows. His search is for us to discover things about us that that um that stop us from being as purposeful or or stop us from from living righteous lives. He wants to reveal these things so that he can then help us to heal and lead us in the way of everlasting. The way of everlasting which is the way of godliness. 
truth, goodness. It's pleasing to God and profitable to us. It's the path to righteousness, purpose, and ultimately everlasting life. That is what his strip search is all about. It's not about condemnation. It's about you seeing you so that you can be a better, better person. So full acceptance of the truths revealed about, about us by God during his strip search is the best environment for change. Like in this place, it's so fertile. It's so fertile for growth because now we're being real with ourselves and we're being real with God. This is the perfect follow-up to last week's episode on change. So we need to get into that place. You know, and I want to add, God has already, he has already searched you. What he's waiting for you to do now is get quiet enough so that he can reveal to be intentional about spending time with him so that he can reveal some things to you about you. So let me keep going because my time is almost up. Self-acceptance. So now what I'm going to do is give you some benefits. Now that we know what self-acceptance is, um, I'm going to give you some benefits of accepting your truth that God reveals to you. I, I, I am talking about what God reveals to you about you. Let me tell you some benefits. Ben, I'm going to give you three. Benefit number one, self-acceptance from what God reveals allows us to be completely vulnerable with him. It allows us to be completely vulnerable with him. Psalm 139 verses one, two, and three he says, you have searched me, Lord, meaning the search has already been done and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. So I'm telling you, go before the Lord and I'm going to go in and say the word and I hope it doesn't offend anybody. Go before him naked. You know, t take off the coverings. Go before him naked in your emotions. Go before him naked in your mental. Go before him naked in your thoughts. Go before him naked about what's going on in your heart. Reveal those areas in your soul that are, that are hurting. Like, take off the coverings and be vulnerable. You know, I, I don't necessarily like that because how do you take that mess to such a holy God but that is what he wants us to do. He wants us to be willing to be vulnerable in his presence. He wants to search us. He already has searched us. He knows it already. All you need to do is be true to you about what you have going on in your life when God reveals it. And he will reveal it. My mentor, I mentioned her last week, Sister Ma. She, when I go to her about stuff, she said, well, did you ask God? Because he will tell you. She says, and, I, and sometimes I don't ask because I don't want to know. And that's a lot of us. I'm telling you, if you would sit, the search has, or the strip search is done. So all you need to do is, is quiet your spirit so that you can hear what God has to say to you about you and, and therefore make the change. Number two, the second benefit, it allows us to be more comfortable with ourselves because no matter what God, no matter what, God only has good thoughts about us. Let me repeat that because I stumbled a little bit. So another benefit of being strip searched and, and of God revealing to us 
ourselves. Here's the second benefit. It allows us to be more comfortable with ourselves because no matter what, God only has good thoughts about us. If we could just take hold of that, like God only has good thoughts about us. We always talk about Jeremiah 29, 11, God knowing the thoughts that he has for us, thoughts that are good, you know? And so here's what Psalm 139, 15 through 18 says. It says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Like before we were even, we came into this earth realm, like God already knew everything about us before it even happens. He already knew when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Like our whole life has already been written out. He, There is nothing about you that has caught God by surprise. Absolutely nothing. It says, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Like, I don't know, like I can't really go into really breaking down all of what that means. But what I want you to know is that you are always on God's mind. You are always on his mind. There is nothing about you that he doesn't know. He goes through a lot of things. And I'm telling you, he's just like this with us. Boom, 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 boom. Always taking care of us always thinking about us, always making provision with us, always paving a way for us, always working behind the scenes for us. This is our God. This is our God. Every second of the day, there are too many things to even number that he thinks about on our behalf. And I really need you to believe that. And in all of our mess, in all of our mess, he still Jeremiah 2911 us us 2911s us. He has good thoughts towards us. And so if he can have good thoughts towards us, even with all of the things that we've done, can we at least try to have those same kind of thoughts for ourselves? Can we accept ourselves for where we are and still feel good about ourselves because in that truth is the beginning of our process. So I, I really hope you're hearing what I'm saying. Oh my goodness, my time is really running out. So the third thing, self-acceptance helps us to redirect our focus from negative aspects of our life, of ourselves that create negative emotions and behaviors. And I just feel like this sounds so therapisty. You know, don't judge me because I do make up words. I know that therapisty is not a real word, but it applies. This sounds so therapisty and so official. You know, self-acceptance helps to redirect our focus. That's what we say a lot as therapists from negative aspects of our lives that create negative emotions and negative behaviors. Some of us are just stuck. We're stuck in our own mess. And God is saying that we are fearfully and wonderfully made even though we have a whole lot of mess, that does not change. Psalm 139, 13 and 14 says, for you created my inmost being. Like he already knows all of what's all up in there, in the cracks and the crevices. He knows. He says, it says you knit me together in my mother's womb. It says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Do you really know it? And you know how you say to your kids, I know goodness well. Oh, I know full well that you didn't do this or that you did this or did. Like, do you know full well? Are you sure? Are you sure about this thing with God and how he, he wants to search us and that no matter what he reveals to you about you, you are still in his thoughts. He still has good thoughts for you and you are still fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you rest in that to the degree that you are willing to spend some quiet time so that God can show you yourself? Listen, we have to do this work. God wants to show you, you. Please put that time in with him so that he can reveal us to us so that we can get on the path to everlasting. So that we can be in his way, in his way, walking down his path of righteousness and purpose. So my time is pretty much up. I want to get to my closing. I'm going to close out this part of the episode with a prayer. Oh, wait, I have a few more things that, um, a few more benefits, but I can't expound on them. I have five more. Self-acceptance. And I'm talking about when God reveals things to us, they help us. It helps us to control our emotions. It helps us to forgive ourselves. It allows us to have more self-compassion. It increases our confidence and it helps us to be ourselves, our authentic self. And all of this is based on what God reveals to us about us, not what the things that we have made up in our minds about ourselves. So I'm closing out this portion now with a prayer and the prayer is scriptural. Um, so bow your heads with me if you're driving, like just in your heart, bow, bow so that we can I can do this prayer. Lord, we are so grateful for you and the unwavering love that you have for us. Father, we want to be more like you. So Lord, we are asking you to search us, oh God, and reveal to us our hearts. Lord, please try us and reveal us to us. Reveal our thoughts. Lord, we want to be pleasing to you and can only do so by allowing you to reveal to us your findings as a result of your strip search on us. God, help us to accept what you reveal to us. And Lord, we are praying that you will heal us. And we thank you that you are going to lead us in the way of everlasting. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. So the last thing that I want to say, I just want to, again, thank you for tuning in. I am. I invite you to visit my website to learn more about me and to, to get connected. I also invite you to send me emails and share your thoughts about this particular episode or any of the episodes that you may listen to. And if you want to stay up to date on what's going on on the show, please subscribe and follow me on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to rate and review me in the app as this helps to spread the word about my show and grow my listenership. I thank you for doing that for me. I know some of you are going to do that. So please, please, please share this episode. I'm telling you, this is some good stuff. 
some of your friends and family need to hear it. Share this episode or any of the episodes with everyone in your world that you think will benefit from this timely content. And the last thing I want to say is that I am still in the process. I mentioned this last week of having the podcast and the and the show notes up, uploaded onto my website because I don't know how to do all of these things myself. Sometimes I just have to wait until, until the professionals that are helping me um, can kind of put me into their schedule. So I'm thinking that by next week, the, the podcast and the show notes will be on my website. Um, I invite you to just keep checking. Um, so um, I think that's it. And until next week, peace and love, my sisters. Much peace and much love. Thank you.